0: Are we ready for this? Like seriously, are we really ready for this? Meet the Kennedys at Lassiter's, hole at the Waterhole, a cup of tea at Harold Sonia's Nursery for a stroll, it's time to Neighbours, CJK conveyor, let's get the Neighbours. Hello, this is Neighbours. We are the Neighbours Recap Podcast and we get stuck into recent episodes of Neighbours that have aired on Australian television and we pick them apart because it's a great time. And we are in Melbourne's Pirate Net Studios. I am Vaya, a TV writer who can't suspend disbelief, currently moonlighting as a hot mess mum. At home. And I have my fellow hot mess mum, CJ, Catherine Jones, CJ the hot mess mum. Hello. Hello. I don't know if you're moonlighting. I think it's a forever um, task. Yeah, I just adapt it into my identity. Kate is over at the Anglesey Backpackers um, living her best life. And But she's going to join us next week for some big prison stuff that's coming up, I think. Yeah, and nobody loves prison storylines or Madeline West storylines more than Kate. So Yeah, she's a Madeline stan. Mm, she I, is. I, I, like, I like the D'Andrea stuff, but it, I can take it or leave it. But Kate's right there for it. Yeah, I think Kate, like many Neighbours fans, probably feel that it was written for her. Yeah. And the, thank you for giving this to me. Yeah. For years I wanted her back and now you keep giving her to yeah. me. Yeah, yeah. Like if Billy comes back, that's for me. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I would have felt the same about Sky, but then she came back and was not who I wanted her. To no. <laughs> be. I would like hot mess Sky. Yeah. What did you want if she? What profession would she have come back as? A um, marketer, probably. because <laughs> <laughs> um, I just felt that she was me. Yeah. So for her to come back, something not like me, I was like, what? 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 But maybe like an activist marketer. Well, like you, you yeah, work I mean, for a non-for-profit. Yeah, great. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and probably like um, didn't she have postnatal depression? I think she, she might have. I mean, she had to take her baby to prison, so that I wasn't mean, ideal. Well, wouldn't, yeah, as Kate, <laughs> as Kate would say. Um, so imagine like, you know, something like women's rights, charity. Yeah, yeah. perfect. So Neighbours Council Business. The business again. Got to say thank you to Emma on Patreon who's upped her pledge Thank you so much for the support. Thank you, Emma. Um, And again, still a reminder, we're in pandemic times. so if you'd need to pause your pledge at any time, go for it. I will not be offended. (laughs) Um, Even though my partner just declared the other day, I'm never working again. I just want to eat our baby's earlobes full time. We we might have to start recapping nightly. <laughs> I'm like, don't worry, sweetie. And we're both in a bubble. We're just like, we don't need work. We will live off our baby. Live off the land. Love. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it stops paying the bills, yeah. love. But but yeah. <laughs> just you do you, patrons. And I forgot to thank the perfect blend last week. So when I announced the birth of baby Dr. Carl, The Perfect Blend went back to his birth date, the 24th of May, and highlighted a bunch of standout storylines that had aired on Neighbours oh on that date. gosh. Do you remember any? Well, I was, that's because I'm a hot mess. I was trying to look up the tweet before and I couldn't find it. There was something Brad and Lauren related. The drone. The drone that captured <sighs> Brad and Lauren's affair. That's amazing. We'll take a screenshot and we'll put it in the episode notes. Okay, great. And I'll I'll link to the tweet because it's great. But one of the things I remember because when I found out I was getting induced on the 24th of May, the first thing I did, look up celebrity birthdays. And it's hard to find Australian birthdays when you look up, when you Google that stuff. But I sat there for like 25 minutes till I found. And the first Australian I found was Kim Valentine, 24th of May. So I'm like, yeah, and perfect blend Fact check that for me And of course like baby coos Yes Given, you know, to the, one of their offspring yeah. on that day perfect. sharing a it. birthday with Libby So happy to wear that And yeah, so thank you Perfect Blend for going to that effort. I felt it was more significant than when you save a newspaper clipping from your child's birthday Because I don't want to remember the news right now I mean it's very niche for you Yeah, yeah it's, this is perfect Somebody hit you right on the button They could do They could do a service They could do an on this day <laughs> for your baby, framed on this like, day of neighbours, like Carl does, yeah, with ancestry, with, the, with birthday messages, <laughs> yes, beautiful. Um, oh. do you, yeah. So, was there any other famous um people born on the same day? Oh, like Queen Victoria? Oh, I mean, because you, know. <laughs> you you know one of the things that you learnt about me before even knowing anything about me was who my birthday pal is. Oh, Jennifer Aniston, February <laughs> eleventh. Yeah. I yeah. remember that date since I was fourteen. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> And thanks to Catherine for joining the Neighbours Council on Facebook. Uh, Catherine listens to the podcast either chilling in bed at night, normally on a Monday night, or in the bath on Monday morning. So just a PSA, be careful of your devices in the bath when you're listening to podcasts. Definitely. Oh, and and welcome, Catherine, from another Catherine. Yeah. This is business. It's not personal. We're going to do some chats about everything that happened from kind of Wednesday onwards. Mm. Wednesday, Thursday. So, the 10th and the 11th of June, we're going to focus on mm-hmm. big storylines, one of which will be the foster care storyline, and the other is one of our favourites, CJ. It's, it's, a, it's a launch. It's a Lasseter's launch. Loving how many media launches they're having there. I tell you what, I mean, they needed Naomi. It's a pity she's gone, because they need a PR professional now. Yeah. And I must say, like, April, you know, she has the pizzazz, but none of the, you know, chutzpah experience. Not April, Chloe. Chloe, yeah, and she lets sometimes she lets details slip. She's got into some strife, yeah, but and also she's she's um, promoted out of that role, kind of like because she was the general manager, yeah, and she's it meant to be the assistant to the general manager. I mean, look, change her title. She can do another one of those two week courses, but this time in PR or event planning. Yeah, perfect. Uh, So we'll get into all of that. Um, We should probably start with the new character that we met from Wednesday. So, because David and Aaron have been going through the foster care interview process to get approved. Yeah, so end of last week, Aaron lost it at the foster care lady. And do you think that a child in your care would be at a disadvantage, lacking like a mother figure in the house? Well, um, we have many strong no, no, female look, so, Sorry, sorry, David. We're not going to answer that. Well, that's an insulting question. We can at least try to explain to you. No, no, you know what? How dare you? Look, we have a safe and supportive home to offer. We have infinite love to give. And if you doubt any of that, just because we're both men, then you can leave. I love how she's got such a striking look. I love, I just love seeing her on screen. Yeah, and perfect casting because she does a a pursed lip Mm. very well, like a hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I'm judging you, which is my job. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, because that is her job. Um, So... We start the week off with a wait from Aaron and David. They're waiting to find out whether they've been approved. And then in true neighbours fashion, they are approved and the child arrives all within the same episode. And do you, don't you love the distraction mes- measures that the, the neighbours go to, to put David and Aaron off of stressing about the phone call that they're waiting on or the email? And they're like, oh, she's an email back. She's an email back. I'm like, but she didn't say she was going to email back today. So can you guys calm down? But then, what is bloody Paul and Ellie? <laughs> <laughs> these two together, I I don't know if we've ever seen these two doing something together. You know, it was no. very intriguing. Yeah, I mean, I I reckon if I was Ellie, I'd I'd want to spend time with Paul because yeah. she she's lost her way a bit. She needs mm. some, you know, I don't know, someone who's very black and white about how they do things. It, yeah, and you know, he's had experiences in life and then none of what she's had he could have he could have been the one to give her the prison chat before she went in exactly i mean forget shane's story mm. what's paul's story yeah yep. so ellie has conveniently erased the previous godparent ceremony she had for baby Asta. i mean you can't blame her yeah it was it was a bit um airy fairy she 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 wanted them to be the baby's lighthouses yes and firstly she has woken up and said you know what I've been to prison. I'm not a basic girl that has lighthouses anymore. Yeah. Now I'm just a normal person that needs godparents. Yeah, and it was funny that she didn't mention that her previous quote unquote godparent was Evil Finn. Mm. So it was Finn and B, and obviously B is still the lighthouse godmother, whatever. And so she's like, "Okay, David and Aaron, don't worry about waiting for your foster care notification. You're going to be asked as godfathers." Yeah. Don't worry about. The children you want to bring into your home, I'll probably give you mine three, or four times a week. Yeah, yeah. and like, who knows? we not. I, I might be back in trouble with the law soon. Yeah, and they just have this like makeshift ceremony that day in the in the backyard. Um. So, Ali and B are kind of excited. Carl and Susan are going to go away. And they're, they're up to hijinks. Yeah. Yeah. And I want another woman to move into that house and it to be like three ladies and a baby. Well, technically, isn't D still staying there? Oh, of course she is. Yes. I forgot all about that. Imagine that. Three yeah. ladies and a baby. Maybe with the swap season, it's Andrea. Yeah, great. <laughs> um, so B, so mainly Ali and Paul. But bees involved. They book in this godparent ceremony just in the backyard. Yeah, it's not real, is it? Not really. And they just like read out. They have Aaron and David sort of give a speech about why as they like Asta. Yeah, and there is no one really there to watch it. No, no. God, okay. I guess. I, I the guess. Lord. Yeah, Ellie's found the Lord in prison. Yeah. I mean, it's common. so yeah. why not? Yeah. Um. So and then, as a spark, they go down to the waterhole to celebrate with water. But Paul gets a scotch. Perfect. So Paul's at the bar and everyone thanks Paul when he hands them a free cup of water, by the way, (laughs) from his establishment, which would be free to him regardless of what it was. But, I mean, I guess it's good that Ali's not on the Terps. Yeah. Um, But Paul, I love that he didn't go... Oh, look, it's 11, so I shouldn't have a scotch, should I? No, he went straight for the scotch. So they're sitting there and David has still got the alerts on for his email, which is a rookie mistake. Mm. You don't want to be getting that many alerts a day, but Mm. they are waiting. Mm. So he gets the we've been approved. Nobody can read it. Ellie reads it out. I really like that moment actually. There was just this pregnant pause. Yeah, they couldn't stand to read it and Ellie – grabs it and she has a pause because she's overcome with emotion and then she announces yeah, you're going to be foster parents. It was yeah. lovely. And so she does and they um, do they find out then that he's not a baby? No, he's, well, he's the sticky situation. So they want a baby although all Aaron wants is another baby. All that she wants is another baby. baby. She's gone tomorrow boy. All that she wants is another baby. 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 She's gone tomorrow, boy. All that she wants is no the baby. baby. Yeah. And they get the call, and they've, where have they got to go to get, collect this child? The hotel. Lassiter's. Um, apparently, this happens all the time, maybe. And Paul and Therese don't know anything about no. it. They are keen to point out look, they don't actually check people in, they're too important. <laughs> so they wouldn't know. Um, and then so Emmett is in this room with the social worker. Now I yeah. don't think that's unusual in regard to the social worker is looking after them. Yeah, ad hoc, h- find some other accommodation. And Emmett is, I guess maybe a 13-year-old boy, little Tacker. Yeah, so a 13-year-old boy. So they're discussing are we going to take this child and I found that weird. Like if I had registered to be a foster carer. I know that Deborah Lee Furness – has directed this and it's probably right on pitch. You probably do get to decide. Yeah. So she has been a consultant and she's been working with her, her charity adopt change, mm-hmm. which is great. Um, Cause it's raising awareness and it's the, the aim is to try and bring more permanency into the foster care system mm-hmm. so that people aren't just swapping in and out. Like Emmett has been from household to household. Um, and I saw as well. One of the writers tweeted that he was a foster carer as well. So I'm sure that they had a lot of insight. Mm. Um, I also acquired some insight and spoke to my mate Jimmy, Jimmy the Jimmy the Chippy. If you follow my Nova Radio stories, um, he's from that era. Um, he had a lot of involvement in the foster care system and is still in contact with um, a, a carer who received an Order of Australia for her work with the system. Wow, um, and. He was really excited that this storyline was playing out and, you know, great that Deborah's involved because she's a great advocate. Um, and a lot of what he saw in the episode resonated and um, rang true for him. This first scene did not, like in terms of when you do sign up and you get the call – um, he did say it was a rigorous process, like you go through a lot. The, the, the caseworker would not ask about your sexuality and intrusive stuff like that. It does seem ridiculous, yeah. yeah. And I guess maybe Aaron read it more extreme than it was because she's not prejudiced, this lady, because she, like, approved them. <laughs> it was all fine. Yeah, I mean, I I guess the point for me is that I like to think about any kind of I, I'm often on the lookout for sexism, mm. but if you wouldn't say that to a straight couple yeah, and, and she wouldn't have... Yeah, and it's crazy because like I went on the website for foster care and one of the first sentences is people from all walks of life and all family situations can be foster parents. Like single people can be foster parents, whatever. Totally. I, I inquired about fostering probably 10 years ago mm. and so it's not probably that up to date but um they did actually just on the phone before the even the assessment because i never had the assessment um they asked me about any possibilities of childhood trauma for myself or my husband mm. um and they said anything that i had been through they don't match you with a child that's been through ah, a similar thing okay so my house burned down they're not going to match me with somebody who's because it, it's just it's too hard on both people. Great, okay. Mm. Um, and so Jimmy observed that if someone called you and said yes, there's a child about, um, looking for care, mm. and it was outside of your preferences or your specifications, they would tell you that on the phone. They would give you the background information before you <laughs> arrived at the room to, to have a look. Yeah, they wouldn't make you to reject a child to their face, right at their face after they've already introduced themselves. Um, And the hotel thing he found a bit odd as well because he said the most common occurrence is that the child would just be sent back to their abusive home. If there's a problem and and there's a problem in the foster home, Mm. then they're just pulled out and sent back to their home, even if it's not a safe place for them. And I know that as well from friends that are teachers, like often the system wants to keep kids with their families Mm. if there's family members available. Often that's to the detriment of the kid because it's not a safe environment, so yeah. they've got to like... Sometimes it's a Claudia situation. Exactly. And so they go, no, no, you stay with Claudia. And they and the teachers sometimes got to bang down the door and go, hang on, this is not ideal. We need to relocate the kid. So I think it was a shame that it started off with this weird hotel room introduction situation because then everything else after that felt quite real. And to the point where I said to my friend, and would he have like a garbage bag full of his stuff? and. Jimmy said sometimes a like, kid wouldn't even have a garbage bag. Like, yeah. they would just come with nothing. And um, Yeah. It's, um, it's also similar when I see garbage bags on Wentworth or in the prison because that's how you leave prison. Oh. Yeah. And um, a lot of people in prison have also been in the foster system. Yeah. So it's it, they've had a garbage bag their whole life. Wow. Yeah. And also he pointed out that sometimes obviously the carer might buy new things for the child, but then if they go home to visit their family – um, they might not come back with that stuff like a lot of it or it comes back trashed so even if they get replacement clothes and possessions it might not you know last and so we we find out that Emma um, has been in a stoush at school he got suspended and he got into a fight with his foster siblings because he got made fun of at school because he didn't have nice shoes which yeah. is um, again my friend said that was really common something like that could set someone off and it could be something as simple as not having shoes. Mm. Um, and then so, yeah, Dave and Aaron have to have this consult like, well, we wanted a baby. He's a million years old. What do we do? I, I just I – re- I really hated that. I, I I, want them to be realistic and I want – and it probably is quite an issue um, because they, they want a child that's not too complicated for them. And they say, oh, this – this child's had some, you know, some 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 miles on the the box. We we don't know we don't know if we can deal with this, but also I just it just hurt me. It hurt me hearing also because it. often it's a, it's a common for people that can't have kids. People just often say to them, "You can adopt. You can foster. Like it's that easy next step." And so it's almost like a place a stand in for a biological baby is. Oh, we'll just have this other person's baby, but it doesn't it all work as linear as that. Um. I, to me, it gave me, you'll probably remember this, CJ, but it gave me Anne of Green Gables vibes. When Anne Shirley rocks up, to Matthew and Marilla's house and they flip out because they wanted a boy to help with the farm work. That's right. They wanted like a little um, the hel- a helper. Yeah. And, she, and, and wasn't Anne like, I can do things? Yeah. And they're like, no, you can go make the tea. And she was devastated. And I got the same vibes because then Emmett overhears the guys talking about how they wanted a little kid mm. and then he flips out. But I got immediate, yep yeah, Green Gables. <laughs> and I'm assuming Emmett's heard this before. Yeah, or he's heard a million stories of why he was kicked out or anything. What, why he's not the preference, for whatever reason. Yeah. Did you like Paul's gift, Comes his welcome gift? Ah, you must be Emma's. Uh, this is my dad, Paul. Hi. Hey, Listen, I got you there. You don't have to open it now, although you've probably worked out what it is already. Cricket bat. Very perceptive, isn't he? <laughs> Thank you, Paul. Hey, listen, um, if you want to bowl a few overs, I've got nowhere to be at the moment. Yeah, look, maybe we should take a brain check on that. Emmett still hasn't had his brekkie yet. Okay. Well, Therese and I are just over the road if you need anything, all right? Thanks, Dan. See you later, Emmett. Um, I loved it. So, firstly, Paul comes over and I feel immediately Paul, because Paul doesn't have Jimmy around anymore. No. You know how he likes being G-Dad? Yeah. And G-Dad is quite a softening of Paul. And we all love it because we love to see Paul broken. And Harlow's sick of playing games of chess with him. She's yeah. like, I've, I've played five times. I've got an assignment to do. As Kate mentioned a few weeks ago, you get to a certain age and you just want to be with your boyfriend. Yeah. Yeah, Harlow's done. Yeah. <laughs> um, she's also dating that super hot guy called Hendrix. Yeah. He's, he pointed out last week he's the hottest guy in the world. So. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> um, so Paul comes over with a cricket bat. And that is a little bit of a throwback to um, court outside cricket. Yeah. He was like, welcome to Ramsey Ramsey Street. Let's go play cricket out in the street. Yeah. And Paul does say, do you want to go out? We can play. Which Uh, I thought thought, thought was really sweet. I thought that was so sweet. And the the new foster parents, they're – no – no, no, no. We've got school tomorrow. It's time to just oh, calm down. I'm come like, on, nerds. Come on. Um, and they did – I think Hendrix did say, oh, you're staying with a couple of nerds. Like yeah. David's the biggest nerd. Um, and I – one thing I, they did do immediately correctly is they're like, we're going to get takeaway on the way home. Like perfect introduction to a new environment, a bit of a treat, takeaway with all the trimmings. <laughs> um, And – Obviously, Chekhov's cricket bat. I'm like, what's going to get bashed in with this cricket bat? Yeah. Maybe buy something softer next time, Paul. Yeah. Get some Nerf guns in or something. But so after Emmett overhears that they wanted a younger kid, he throws the cricket ball through the window. And Chekhov's window because earlier that day, Emmett cleans the windows. Yeah. He comes out little Orphan Annie style, hard knock life, just doing some chores. And David's like, you don't have to do that. Heartbreaking. Yeah, but I and I am just assuming Deborah Leifenes. Like these are the, these are the parts of the story that were really put in. Yeah, and if you notice them, and I'm sure everyone did, they are so heartbreaking because yeah. you're thinking what 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 has people what have people made this child do? I it, was just thankful Mark Brennan wasn't there. He would have got involved. Can you imagine? He'd be like <laughs> fostering kids. Why didn't I do this years ago? We could have yeah. cleaned together. And um, the oven needs another going over. Oh. <sighs> You got to get those gloves on. You know that gif of him getting yeah. the. Oh, it's a great one. It is a good one. Um, what I thought was amusing was they take Emmett on a tour of the suburb, and he's like, "What is there to see?" Great, valid question, Emmett. Not a not a lot, <laughs> but they take him for milkshakes. Yeah, but I mean, Emmett's a kid. Wouldn't he do with a good true crime tour? Perfect. Yeah, or the graffiti tour. Yeah, like there's there's hooligans worse than you that have been through these parts. Yeah. Um. But, they, yeah, they take him to Harold's for milkshakes and plonk him down with this impoverished child with no shoes and a 20-year-old and a mobile phone and they put him down to have a seat, a seat with the billionaire's son and the millionaire's granddaughter. Yeah. Who have somehow found each other in this crazy world. <laughs> <laughs> and they were very delightful with him. And um, my mate Jimmy really loved this scene because he said – you put kids together and they're kids. They're, everyone's human. They talk about their common ground. They talk about video games and, you know, the stuff they're interested in. And that's that's the thing. Um, in the hotel room, Emmett does say, oh, there's no kids. Like, oh, I've just got to hang out with these these guys. These losers. <laughs> yeah. Can't even play cricket with that old guy. <laughs> yeah. Gosh, what what have you got me doing? Yeah. Um, and Hendrix takes an immediate sort of mentor, um, you know, role. With Emmett? Oh, the reversal of Hendrix's shitbag character has just got me. It's just got me good. When he said, come over and we'll play Fortnite or whatever, I'm like, God damn it, that's beautiful. Warms the cockles, (laughs) you little shithead. You've won me over. Yeah. I mean, he had to do it, didn't he? And so then David and Aaron are like, well, do we keep him for one night? Maybe he needs to be with us for a week, maybe longer. And Paul's like shutting it down. I remember um, when I worked in the prison after like the first week, I was like, I've fixed him. (laughs) And I was reminded of that when they were like, look, we'll give it a week and we'll fix him. It's not going to happen that quick, guys. Oh, that's amazing. Oh, my God. Um, Wow. And in the whole conversations, Paul is – because Paul is right there like he's being, he has taken to heart all of the things that David and Aaron have have you know specified as their boundaries, their preferences and how they would like to be adult parented and um he's taken it all to heart which I thought has been great but he um he's there and David said and it was it was heartbreaking as well. He said feeling like you're not wanted lasts a lifetime. Oh god. And he looks at Paul like that and <gasps> he's like you know what? You did that to me. Yeah. And I will need to point out on Kate's behalf that Paul didn't have a lot to do with his children as children. Like he often comes in at, at adult level to parent them. He does. He should be better at that. Yeah. And yeah. he. so he, I don't know what he's speaking from in terms of experience. Well, I mean, but at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. David felt unwanted. Yeah. Regardless of whether Paul didn't even know about him. No. But David felt unwanted, and mm. and pre- presumably so did he his six foot twin. Yeah, and the triplets felt unwanted in Tassie. That's why one of them became a killer. Yeah. And um, Amy felt unwanted in New Zealand. It's just yeah. I mean, there's speckles of fall all over the yeah. globe. The kind of catalyst for it all is that he runs away, Emmett. Poor little Tacker. Um, I did enjoy. It. They call in the caseworker. They're like. Thank you so much for jumping through all those hoops and improving us as parents. Unfortunately, it's been 12 hours and we have already lost the child. (laughs) And everyone wants to call the police, but she's even not wanting to call the police. Apparently, she's not told them this, but he does this all the time. Where is the manila folder with his background information? I mean, word a brother up. There would have been a longer character study in Emmett's character notes. Like there would have been a longer paragraph for him than the paragraph these guys got for this kid. Yeah, like I must say, like, I enjoy some of this social worker's character but also, like, she seems to drop the ball a little bit. She says he, he's he been violent. He got into a fight with his roommates and they said, oh, so he's a violent child. And she goes, no, 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 he's a great kid. He's great. This was a one-off. But she just neglected to say that he's prone to runaway behaviour. Um, I mean, look, she's a good saleswoman. <laughs> um <laughs> But maybe that It's been in a few accidents. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Look, we slapped it together. Everything's fine. Um, but I think um, maybe that's a good representation of how overworked these caseworkers are, that they, they don't have time to have these conversations. Oh, like that Whoopi Goldberg episode of SVU. That was heartbreaking. was. Oh. They start the search party for young Emmet. They scour Aaron Sparrow. Yeah. So they've gone to Harold's. They've gone to the pub. That's it. That's it. They had a boy look. Yeah. Because Chloe got it done. She did. So Chloe comes across Emmett sitting overlooking the murder rotunda, right? Yeah, he's by the lake. Mm. And he's by himself. And as the social worker pointed out, he doesn't run away to actually get away. He just runs away from the location, but he doesn't go far. I, not that I can relate to a foster child, but I have run away once. It how was how rid- did you make it? it? was ridiculous. Okay, so I was staying in France, in the in suburban pa- suburban Paris, in a homestay visit. Shut up! Check my privilege. <laughs> Massive. I was staying with a homestay family, and they were assholes <laughs> to me. Like, firstly, they had seven kids. They only put three on the form. I turn up. There's seven kids. Whatever. They didn't have time. They're, they're French assholes. Yeah, they didn't have time for me. And it was fine. But the kids were like bullying me and stealing from me. It was the whole thing. And the only kid that was nice to me was like nine years old, whatever. The point was I got really, really homesick. <laughs> and after about a month in, I just – I ran – I decided I was going to run away. And I took like a phone card and some cash and I just walked for, like a bunch of kilometers. Oh, and the, fl- the The – the, the Philly Flalouse, the, the the girl that walks the city. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and so I think I was gone for a couple of hours and then wandered back and no one noticed I was gone. But I just wanted in that moment to take control of the situation and not be in it. Like I'm leaving. I think, I'm going to Germany. <laughs> yeah. well, and look, it's probably possible depending on what part of France you're in, yeah. right? <laughs> um, but Chloe finds Emmett and has a good – a nice little chat with him, but she doesn't take her too far and she rings around and says, get down here. Mm. My partner, KB, observed that it would have been a little nicer if Chloe had just said on the phone, I've got him, he's safe, see you later. Like, don't say, come down to the murder rotunda, he's here. She should have just respected his boundaries a bit more. I, I agree, but also there was a lovely moment later on where she said, if these guys didn't care about you, would they be here? Yeah. And then he turns around and they're there. Yeah. And so they have a little bond. Also, I would literally do and go wherever Chloe said. I'm like, okay, beautiful lady. Imagine that. (laughs) Tell me what you need me to do. (laughs) How old is Emma? Have we been told that? Like year eight. So 13, 14. A 13, 14-year-old person approached by this Glamazonian charismatic princess princess, (laughs) who's a billionaire wife now. So not only has she got... All of the amazing things in front of you, all of the amazing yeah. things coming out of her personality, she can buy you anything. And you're gonna go play video games at her house later. Like what a time. Yeah. <laughs> um, so she but also this is now your aunt, your foster aunt. Yeah. What a what a cool aunt. Great that person is. Yeah. Send Chloe in always, boys. Yeah. <laughs> Send her in first. Send her to the hotel. <laughs> this is, this should be part of your parenting plan. Yeah. yeah. Auntie Chloe, she's got it sorted. Um, they, yeah, they bring him back. They're now reviewing whether or not they keep him on for longer term, but Emmett's not having it. He's like, they go, do you want to stay longer than a week or what do you want to do? And he goes, no, just a week. Yeah. So I don't think that's going to be the case. No, he seems pretty embedded in the cast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's, he's one of he's I, I don't know. He's going to be here for a couple of months now, I guess. Right. Yeah. Which is a nice touch. I mean, they could have had an opportunity to have a revolving door of foster kids. Yeah. Home and away style. Oh. And they could still have more. They don't just have to care for one. I can't wait. Because that could introduce more conflict. Like, oh, I'm not good enough for you. You're getting an extra kid. I love this for them. It's beautiful. Yeah. Um, I don't know if Aaron's going to be able to keep up his work at the shed. He's not going to be taking any shifts. They're going to go for lots of runs. Yeah. Lots of runs. Yeah. Look, you know um, that old sort of, you know, leave it and set it. He probably went down on a Monday and says, run around. There's still people going round and round that block. (laughs) Or he put the... um, what are they called? Not the breakdown. The recipe the recipe for when the workout the, the recipe, the itinerary. The for, workout plan. Yeah, yeah. Like he writes it on the whiteboard. All mm-hmm. right. Oh, the workout of the day. Yeah. yeah like yeah. the reps. All yeah, right. the wad. The wad. <laughs> um, um you know what? He is a marketer. We've forgotten this. He's automated it. Great. He's put an app out there or something. Yep. He's just got all of his clients the Tim Robards method. <laughs> <laughs> He's co opted it. Mates rates. Amazing. Um, I – my mate, Jimmy, observed – he because I asked him, what's the go with them getting approved so fast and then this hotel situation – like, is this – would this likely happen also quickly? And he goes, well, yeah, because pe- we're under re- – they're under-resourced, the foster community. They need carers. So it might be that they got approved that day and this kid had an emergency situation and there's no one to take him. Like, well, we've got these guys, so let's go. So it does – And it's a great um, message that, you know, if people are on the fence about registering to be carers, then they should because there's not enough. I considered it like, well, when we were trying to get baby coos in the works and it took a few years and I just thought, well, what else is there? Because adoption is not a really a straight path in Australia. It's got a checkered history here and it's not, it's not like the solution that it is in other countries. Um, So I think fostering would be the logical next step and I have thought about it Mm. um, and probably will keep thinking about it. I want to talk about a ludicrous plot in a different part of Erinsborough and that is there's another launch at Lasseter's. I'm really happy because hotels are hubs for events. Yeah, which is something they have felt being closed down and only – Places where people quarantine. Yeah. Um, so they've got they've had this in the brew for, for a couple of weeks now. Yeah. This is some sort of authors festival, yeah, the writers festival, which Melbourne does have a few of them. Have, yeah. have a few of them. The Emerging Writers Festival, the Writers Festival, like and often they go for a couple of weeks or a weekend or something. Yeah, it can be quite a slog if you book into a few events. I've 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 done like you know. Multiple events over the weekend and it's, yeah. a, it's a slog. It's yeah. a commitment. It's – look, typically the wedding festival, expo, wouldn't be longer than the writers' festival. No. It'd be the other way around. Yeah. But whatever, Lasseter's is figuring it all out. Um And they've had a competition which Mackenzie and Harlow have entered. Or oh, it may – I wasn't sure if it was just an open submission, like you can just read your writing like an open mic day oh, yeah. or something. Yeah. Open mic at the pub, maybe. Is that where Probably. it's be? Yeah, okay. Um, and they also have a, a legit published author that's going to launch their book. Okay, they can have a book launch. Now, look, far be it for me to tell Terage how to run her hotel. I am not launching a book at my premises if I don't know what the contents of that book are. It could be freaking anything, it could be like an MRA manifesto that she's launching that she doesn't know and flip it if i'm the author i am not launching my book somewhere that hasn't publicized it yeah or read the bloody cliff notes or like they're putting posters up on the day of the launch this is i mean obviously they've had a method they're like we're going to launch it at this place there's nowhere they'll let us so we'll (laughs) sneak it in um and but finn kelly a book a true crime book in Australia, at the moment, mm. peak, peak.
1: Oh, you'd
0: have Michelle Laurie's podcast down there covering Look, it. Look, and it's at Bar, right? So we'd be there. This book, Kate's already put it on her TBR list to be read. Um, it's, I forgot even what it's called, The True Story of Finn Kelly. Yeah, I, I'd like um, an audio copy. Oh, yeah. Mm. And who do you think should narrate? Oh, great question, CJ. Because Elise Platt would obviously do a great job. But I'd like a celebrity. Um, so we'll get to, yeah, who's written it. Oh, yeah, okay, let's think about this. Well, actually, Michelle Laurie would, would yeah. do a great um, narration, Co- Australian comedian who hosts Australian True Crime podcast. Um, we might need a man. I don't know if there's a lot from his perspective because the diary entries are probably woven into that memoir. Imagine if Milsey did it. <laughs> Australia's Rob Milsey Mills. Oh, oh. Perfect. Um, I've got it. Yes. Our mate from the Logies, Ron Iddles, <gasps> the best detective in Australia. Yes. Retired detective. Oh, beautiful. Salt of the earth. And finally, we can have a good detective on the case. Finally. Oh, perfect. Okay. So it's an amazing reveal. To Rage opens up the package to see what the book is. Cause, so it's not some kind of bloody f- fascist expose or something. No, no, she just. Uh, curiosity gets her. Yeah, she thought it was going to be a new um, Leanne Moriarty. <laughs> you know? A Sophie Kinsella. <laughs> yeah, oh no, I reckon she thought. Remember when um, Dr. Kyle wrote the sexy novels? Oh, great. Yeah, I reckon it was something like that the, in her mind. The E.M. Williams um, prologue. No, like a. Uh, yeah. Um, like yeah. how The Hunger Games has got the prequel. It's yeah. the same thing. The 35 Shades of Grey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, She. <laughs> It was The Book of Secrets as well. Yeah, The Book of Secrets. Okay. So Teraj has a little sticky beak and sees that it's this Finn Kelly biography, tell all. Yep. Yeah, so it's The Devil You Know. Oh, yeah. yeah. Great title. Olivia Bell, Elise Platt, Carl Kennedy's little f- special friend. Special mm. friend. Yeah. She has been using all their meetings to get intel on the Kelly case. What a genius. I know. And, like, because you find she was like, wait a second, I know the man whose house yeah. this, this killer lived in. I am so impressed with her and I'm so disappointed in Ellie Conway who had all that time in prison to write her memoirs. She's an English teacher. She knows how to string a sentence. And I – and every English teacher has a novel in their top drawer, their manuscript. And I would, as a customer – would buy Ellie's memoir before I would buy this unrelated writer's memoir. Like you always – there's a million true crime books out there and you always want the first-hand account before you want to read the journalist's report. Yeah, that is entirely why ghostwriters exist Mm. because everyone wants the person who's close to the case. Yes. Even if they can't write, they're like, whatever, get someone in to write. And if she's writing them in prison, I am there. Letters from the inside, remember that one? Yeah. Oh, So – Come on, Eleanor, what are you doing? Um, I'd I'd read every single person. I'd read every person on Bum Island's account of this crime. I would read the anthology. And Chloe could do like a pictorial. (laughs) (laughs) A blog post. Um, Yeah, I would read Harlow and B down the mine, all of it. Yeah, so yes. So Carl and Susan are planning their trip. Around Australia, which I think we've – Um, put the pieces together. This was going to be their trip to Ireland that got cancelled because of COVID. Now it's rerouted and it's a trip around Australia. Lovely. Um, That's good. I I think you said last week you love this for him, for them? Yeah, grey nomad lifestyle. Yeah. Um, Carl will lean straight into it, I think. They might pop past Billy's, get some furniture made or whatever. Well, they mentioned in that scene, which I felt was a little shout out to you, they're like, oh, um... Oh, you'll have to take the presents for the relatives. So they don't oh. name who they're going to visit. They just are going to visit people. That's your freaking grandchildren, Coos. Come on. You don't care so much about oh. that. Yeah. Um, so they are just off and about. They're not answering their phones, which is, by the way, totally boomer of them yeah. to just not pick up the call when they need to. And forget the fact that they just had a big fight over not answering the phone. No. Nah. <laughs> they don't care about that anymore. Um uh, although I have enjoyed that they have got themselves together in time for baby Kooza's arrival. Oh, thank God. You know, like, Jesus. cause it was shaky when you, when you went into the hospital, you didn't really know if their namesakes were. No, okay. it was like deciding to call him Evil Finn. <laughs> <laughs> but like, here is my baby, Robert Millsy Millsy Evil yeah. Finn. Um, so um, they are just wondering about t- making jokes at each other mm. and Ellie and B, Therese comes and tells them. And it's, it's a reveal moment because she tells them, but she doesn't tell us. Yeah. You need to know something about this book launch. Yeah. And these two are so excited. They're getting rid of the olds. They're going to have a great time. And then they're like, what is this? Yes. Like the bold types coming back. They're going to binge it on Stan. They're going to have a great weekend. They've got so many plans. B doesn't care about anything, but like spending time with her niece. Beautiful. Yeah. Um, and then they get down to the complex in Time to Find Coos, and they find coos as the poster is being unveiled. Which is nonsense because the whole premise of this launch was that it was secret. It was top secret. It's a big embargo of what this book is. So why are posters going up on the day? Do you know what? A real estate agent told me something once that I have held on to in my career. You can't sell a secret. Oh, so really? Yeah. So – if you're going to embargo this, you st- y- like th- this is the most ridiculous launch plan That's in the why world. TV Week leaks the bum island deaths because you got to have some kind of hook. Yeah. you got to get people to watch it. You can't be like, you know, I mean, they should have put more bums yeah. on those leaks. Because you need the the readers of the genre to be there. Yeah. You've got to at least put a few details out. Yeah. So they have, they have leaked the name and the cover, which has Robert's face <laughs> <laughs> um and they teresa says i've got to tell you something and carl does this the yeah i think so <laughs> look at this um i love this I so love thursday this. ends with them approaching the poster so i assume carl's finding out who wrote this book yeah and his whole like happiness situation is unravelling because he has he has sung that is such a delicious detail. I was not expecting that. I love the idea of a true crime memoir coming out and of everyone I thought who could have penned it. I did not pick Olivia Bell. That's a great little detail. Now you've been calling what, – what have you been calling him Canary? Car. Singing like, oh, Colin de' Kennedy because mm. he leaks like a sieve. Yes, this got him into trouble. So this, they have been hinting at this for m- – a year. Yes. And it didn't get him um, into strife with the medical board. Instead, he's just got all his secrets published in a book. Yep, and his wife is not going to be happy. I would have actually, rather than an Ellie memoir, I think a Susan memoir would have gone down a treat too. Look, like you said, we could read all of them. Like the, the Anne Rule who worked next to Ted Bundy, like Susan, you know, the killer I harboured. Yeah. Oh, that's an even better title yes. than this one. <laughs> So we have not had the cause to see Friday, but Vaya uh, mentioned that that might lead more into next week. So let's talk about it next week. Yeah, I think there's some stuff going down with the Priz mm. down at Goodwood. There's some stuff. I mean, when is there not? So, but we've had a little drop that has been pointed out on the council that we are a brewing for a Caeser moment because what's her name? D De- Andrea is orchestrating this meetup with Heather and. D at this garden garden program, yeah, communal gardening event. So, so there's uh, this. It uh, does seem quite realistic to me. At the women's prison that I worked at, they had little um, units where you could have family visits. So it wasn't just you know everyone talks about family visits as being the husband and wife. You know the sexy sexy time visit. What do they call it? I can't remember what they call <laughs> uh, it. Yeah, communal visit. Communal. Yeah. yeah, but but it is more common for it to be children and. Um, and and family and so forth. Yeah. yeah, so I think the garden is an interesting idea for this, but also probably not because they don't want to make another set. How funny that Toadie is attracted to so many green thumbs. Yeah. Like Sonia had the nursery and Dee found her love of gardening in Byron Bay. What does this say about Angie, one day, I wonder? Like does she kill all flowers or is she a green thumb mm. also? What What's the Freudian thing Or Well, maybe this? she's more aquatic plants because of coral. Mm. Well, um, shall we do Citizen or citizen? Yes. I'm going to do Citizen <laughs> Olivia Bell because, you know, you've got to grab these opportunities. You've got to strike while the iron is hot. The community wants true crime. You give it to them and you're a struggling writer. This is probably her big breakout manuscript. Yes. Yeah, get so it out there, hun. So many writers have an idea and they just don't act mm. on it. You get paid, sister. Mm. You get yours. and yeah. if. Some schmuck wants to leak like a sieve to you, then that's his problem. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> um, I'm going to go citizen. I'm going to go citizen for Auntie Chloe. Yes, I, I just enjoy her. Yeah, yeah. I any role that they give her, whether it's soft launcher, mm. auntie, I'm I'm for it. Menage a trois instigator. Oh, God, <laughs> <laughs> can't believe that's old news now. I don't know, we just moved on. From now it. she's like wholesome auntie. <laughs> Last week she was convincing people down the yeah. down the sack. Well, you the know, the people sack. people are complicated. You can be wholesome and have a saucy side. Yeah, Madonna Mary, it's, it's <laughs> fine. Um, well, that's it. Job done. Job done. Um, you're keeping on with your podcast. Oh my god, yes, I have another podcast, guys. Uh, might not be for everyone. But also the funny thing is all these people keep messaging me that have listened to it, that have never listened to Neighbours. I'm like, why are they listening to my baby podcast? Then I realised because a lot of people have had babies. Not not as many people may have watched Neighbours. Yeah, this is less niche. It's weird. So it's called Daily Baby. You can just punch that in or type my name into your podcast app. And every day I share a few minutes from my day with a newborn. And um, I quite like it. It's like I'm downloading my – downloading my – feelings i unpacking them to no one each day and uh you can get a little snippet into hot mess mum veil life and which is kind of like if you go to cj's instagram yeah or tiktok <laughs> yeah which is cj the hot mess cj mom. the hot mess mom yeah so check that out let me know what you reckon share it with a friend who maybe has a kid on the way or just had a kid they might relate one of my bosses is listening to it and he just sends me a because he's, he, you know, he's got a teenage daughter and he's like, oh, this has brought back memories of when I had a teenage daughter. And then he sent me some quote about what I mentioned, my downstairs area. I'm like, okay, thanks. For, I really appreciate your support. You don't have to listen to every episode if you don't want. <laughs> yeah. You can subscribe and not download the ones yeah. that, um, look, you've, you've titled them pretty aptly. Yeah. So I think if you're a parent, you probably know what the episode's about. <laughs> so Shout out to Kate at Remude on Twitter. She's still live tweeting the episodes most nights. And we'll catch you guys next week.